From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Hello there, welcome along to WIA and the National News Service, this for week commencing November 27, 2011. I'm Graham, VK4BB, VK4 Baker Baker. In this edition of the news, Mal Brooks, WIA Office Manager, reveals the story behind the ACMA's review of costs and its proposal to increase certain costs, including examination fees. Now, to cut to the chase, the cost increases will affect only the costs charged by the ACMA and not the cost charged by the WIA for providing the same service. We'll hear from Mal in just a moment. Also, VK100 ARV and the celebrations continue. We welcome new amateurs to the band. And again, hear from Ono VK6 FLAB on what use is an F call. And we eavesdrop on a shortwave station known as The Buzzer. These stories and more in this edition of news from the Wireless Institute of Australia, as I said, for week commencing November 27, 2011. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions www.wia.org.au A number of amateurs have drawn attention to the ACMA's current review of certain of its costs and its proposal to increase some costs affecting amateurs. In particular, in general terms, it is proposed to increase the costs of advanced, standard and foundation exams or assessments conducted by the ACMA by 68 or 69%. Under the Commonwealth Cost Recovery Guidelines, the ACMA is bound to review these costs every five years, and the last time this was done was in 2007. These cost increases will affect only the costs charged by the ACMA and not the costs charged by the WIA for providing the same service. Under its agreement with the WIA, there are only two situations where the ACMA, rather than the WIA, will provide any of these exam or call sign services. One is where the ACMA has reasonable grounds for believing that a qualified operator will probably be unable to pass an examination, part of a process leading to the cancellation of a licence. The other situation is where the WIA ceases to provide the services. The WIA has no intention of giving up its functions in respect of the qualification of amateurs or the recommendations of call signs. Under its arrangements with the ACMA, the WIA is bound by the Commonwealth Cost Recovery Guidelines, except that its costs are reviewed every year. The costs taken into account incurred by the WIA in setting its charges include all the direct and indirect costs, such as salaries referable to providing the services, paper, postage, phone costs, insurance, security costs referable to providing the services, storage of records, even the costs of printing the actual certificates of proficiency that the WIA issues. Why are the WIA costs so much less than the ACMA costs? For the simple reason that so much is done on a voluntary basis. All the assessors and learning facilitators, the WIA's RTO, 
and the many others involved one way or another, give their time. Knowing how much it costs the WAA, in fact, to provide the services is very important in two ways. One is that it is not in the interests of amateur radio for the costs of becoming an amateur to be more than the minimum. The other is that if the WIA is providing less than the actual cost it incurs, it means that its members are paying for the shortfall, which will ultimately lead to even further membership fee increases. The cost of an amateur licence is made up of two components, the costs incurred by the ACMA in managing the system and a tax component. In accordance with the cost recovery guidelines, the ACMA is bound to increase the management cost component by the cost increases it has incurred. That is why it is proposed to increase the cost of amateur licences by $5. As is the case for the WIA charges, the cost increases proposed by the ACMA depend on fact. Has the cost it incurs to provide the service increased, and if so, by how much? The WAA believes that it is unlikely that the ACMA will be unable to demonstrate the cost increase it asserts. The WAA also believes that once again the value of the contribution of so many to the examination system that it manages for the ACMA is amply demonstrated. Thanks Mal. So there we have it. Just another good reason why you should be a member of the Wireless Institute of Australia. To date, well over 100 emergency communications operators across Australia have been training via the Wireless Institute of Australia's Emergency Communications Operator Training Program. This program, Certificate 2 in Public Safety, SES Operations, is now available online and can be completed as a self-paced program. The WIA registration requirements apply. The process to undertake the course can be commenced by completing the WIA online application found on wia.org.au. The online program will assist those wishing to complete the program but are unable to attend a formal training session or those who have missed a section of the training as well as those who want to complete the program and provide a real service to their community. Across Australia, from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service in the ACT region, where it can be heard on our Mount Janini 2 metre and 70 centimetre repeaters, 146.950 and 438.050, on Sunday mornings at 0900 local time. This is Alan, VK1 Whiskey X-Ray. Hams across Australia and Dave Jones EEV blog is one of YouTube's top rating channels for electronic engineers with a huge viewership worldwide. Added November 20 as a half hour documentary on Sydney's Manly Warringah Amateur Radio Society. Dave tours the VK2 MB club rooms, interviews members on facets including software defined radio, Jamboree of the Air, Repeaters, CW and the Foundation Licence. After less than 24 hours online, it had already attracted over 300 views, including 23 likes. Peter VK2BEU via VK2WIA News tells us the Australian Electric Vehicle Association is holding its annual field day December 3 at the Rouse Hill Town Centre. 
On display will be a number of road-going electric cars which have been converted from petrol by members of the association. There'll also be on display some commercial and specialty electric vehicles. Amateurs with an interest in electric traction can catch up with what's happening in this emerging field of vehicle propulsion. The date again, Saturday, December 3, Rouse Hill Town Centre, out the front near the bus station and the hours, 10 to 3. Best of all, entry is free. VK3 and a good week ahead for VK100 ARV. With a steadily growing log, the Amateur Radio Victoria Centenary Special Call Sign of VK100 ARV is headed for yet another week of action. Thanks to the Wansark team, Terry VK3UP, Michael VK3FEAT, Peter VK3PF, Keith VK3FT, Scout Radio and Electronic Service Unit, Luke Steele VK3HJ and Joe Walsh VK3XH, Tony VK3VTH, the Stephen VK3SIR, the Sun Raise Your Radio Club, Peter Cousins VK3BFG, they're all activating VK100ARV. VK100ARV was buoyed last weekend by activations occurring in two VK3 national parks, the Brisbane Rangers and Bobor. The Western and Northern Suburbs Amateur Radio Club are also activating VK100ARV and their weekly two-metre simplex net, in addition to the club's earlier successful five-day stint. The Sunraiser Amateur Radio Group from Mildura is to give it an airing up until late Saturday, November 26, if you're listening to the early edition, followed by Tony VK3VTH, who can be heard today, Sunday, November 27. And each Monday evening, digital slow-scan television gang, led by VK3SIR, uses the special call sign. It'll be on air this Monday, November 28, both through the VK3 RML repeater and hopefully 20 metres. By this weekend, it will have over 3,000 contacts in its log. The Amateur Radio Victoria Centenary Award special call sign, VK100ARV, is worth a bonus 10 points or ordinary 2 points per valid contact. Check out the roster and rules at amateurradio.com.au. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. I'm Jason VK2LAW with Education, Youth and Advancement of Amateur Radio. CRARC Foundation Upgrade Weekend held 19th and 20th of November. VK1 successfully saw five new Foundation licensees. Two were very capable 12-year-olds who are just itching to get on the air. They also saw six successful upgrade candidates and one new advanced licensee joined the ranks. A job well done by all. Congratulations. Help grow amateur radio. Know someone interested in becoming a radio amateur? The next Quality Foundation Licence Weekend held by Amateur Radio Victoria at Ashburton is on the weekend of December the 3rd and 4th. Contact Barry Robinson, VK3PV, on 0428 516 001 or email foundation at au. A new radio shack out at Terry and Brian's Birkdale, Brisbane home belongs to PW, Peter Williams. VK4FYMC is also into the Army Cadets, Cadet Unit 136ACU Redlands. Congrats PW, the shack has now officially opened. We now have lots of new foundation hams and again this week VK6FLAB Ono asks the question. What use is an F call? I've had my license for about a minute and a half, but one thing I realised today is that I'd never heard of amateur radio 
in any meaningful sense until a month before I got my license. I'm technically minded. I've worked in broadcast radio for many years. I'm heavily involved in information technology, do research and development daily, and talk to many people about skill development, training and communication. I've been self-employed for over a decade, but I'd never heard of amateur radio. Imagine that. One realization I came to is that I'm not alone in this historic lack of knowledge about amateur radio. I think that going out on field days with a club, going into the community, finding other like-minded individuals and getting them excited about amateur radio is going to open up a whole new group of amateurs. For me, I've already started creating a list of clubs and communities I'm aware of, or even a member of, and I've started thinking about how to communicate about this hobby, what it means for the individual participating and for the community in which that individual lives. Because of course, let's not forget that amateur radio is also about the wider community. Amateur radio, what a hobby. Tell your friends. I'm Ono, VK6, Fox Lima Alpha Bravo. International news with thanks to RSGB, Amateur Radio Newsline and the IRTS. RMS Titanic. The RMS Titanic, the world's largest passenger ship at the time, sank on her maiden voyage from Southampton to New York following a collision with an iceberg at approximately 2.45 a.m. on the morning of April 15, 1912. 1,517 people lost their lives in the tragedy. The 100th anniversary of the sinking will be marked by several special event stations at ports associated with the maiden voyage. These include Belfast, Southampton, Cherbourg, Cove, Cape Race, Victor Oscar 1, Mexico Charlie Echo and the Maritime Mobile Station, Victor Echo 0, Mexico Golf Yankee, at the site of the sinking. The call sign Echo India 100 Tango has been issued for the year 2012 and will operate in conjunction with the Cove Titanic 100 Committee. The main events will happen over the weekend of April 13 and 14 and the Echo India 100 Tango call sign will also be operated regularly throughout the year. A special award will be announced before the end of December in conjunction with the other special event locations. Enquiries and QSLs to Echo India 4 Hotel Quebec at QTHR. For the Wireless Institute of Australia, I'm Aidan, Echo India 7, Julia Charlie. Continuing on the international scene, ham radio has been highlighted in the November 12 issue of the Alaska Dispatch. This after an early season storm hit the most northern state of the USA. Amateur Radio Newsline's Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF, has the details. According to the news article, when it became clear that the Bering Sea storm was going to be a major severe weather incident, the National Weather Service got word to Alaska's amateur radio network that it wanted help. And as crashing waves pounded beaches, the people who live in the remote, isolated villages along the storm's path stayed connected via the web created by Alaska's amateur radio community. When other communications failed, ham radio operators came to the scene 
Throughout the storm, they were the eyes and ears of scientists and weather forecasters in Fairbanks and Anchorage who otherwise would have been isolated from the severe weather conditions they could predict but they could not see. Calvin Scott is a forecaster with the National Weather Service in Anchorage, Alaska. He told the newspaper that it was hams that were providing critical observations as the storm blew past. Scott noted that the NWS does not have much in the way of meteorological observation equipment in the western part of the state, but Hams kept his agency alerted to the latest conditions in the remote areas. Following the news item last week on delays uploading to Logbook of the World, currently the processing delay is now down to 45 hours. More than one million QSOs have been uploaded in the last five days. If you already have uploaded a log, there's no need to upload it again, as this will only add to the queue. Please follow guidelines online, as this will allow Logbook of the World to process the backlog at a faster pace. The Christmas posting deadlines are fast approaching for overseas book orders from the RSGB. The first deadline is the 1st of December for the rest of the world airmail orders, then the 3rd of December for Western Europe, Airmail orders to North America and Western Europe must be placed by the 8th of December. All these dates you'll find on the RSG website. These stories from the RSGB and from the Amateur Radio Newsline are on the web at www.arnewsline.org and I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF. You're tuned to VK1WIA. Weird and wonderful. Cold War Echo. The Russia Today YouTube news channel carried an interesting story about the mysterious Russian buzzer station on 4625 kHz, Cold War Echo, unravelling mysterious radio wave UVB76. Among the hundreds of radio stations in Russia, that is one that is seemingly out of this world. Instead of musical news, these broadcasts are of mysterious voices and noises which have radio enthusiasts baffled. It leaves some wondering what's the message behind these noises. RT's Igor Piskanov tuned in. The sound has been gripping the imagination of radio spotters worldwide for over three decades. The UVB-76, also known as the buzzer. It first aroused my interest because it is so strange. Personally, I think it's a legacy device that's been left over from the late 70s or 80s from the military operations at the time. Its original purpose has been forgotten. They say it's been going like this since the start, whenever that was. Sometimes the buzzer stops and a male, robotic-like voice lists names and numbers in Russian. Some believe it's the Soviet Union's and now Russia's contact with spies, or even civilizations from other worlds. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Operational News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ. Special Events and On-Air Contest Column, Dateline 2011. November 26 and 27, this weekend is the WIA Spring VHF UHF Field Day. 
Special Event Stations, DX and Beacon and Net Advice. Possible Amateur Radio Activity from Myanmar, Burma. Simon, HS0ZIB, stroke G6JFY, says that his Kitty H in Thailand is only a few hours' drive to Myanmar, and he has regularly visited the country. His hotel, stroke guesthouse businesses, have enabled him to obtain initial contact with authorities from the Myanmar Ministry of Posts and Telecommunications about an initial demonstration de-expedition. Simon mentions... The recent political changes in Myanmar have increased the possibility of operating an amateur radio station from Myanmar. My own position enables me to operate on a regular basis, if this were allowed. Good to see a non-professional, shall we say, DX activity, instead of the all-too-frequent de-expeditions that often run into problems and end up, hopefully, refunding their supporters. Southgate Ham heading for Ascension Island. Southgate Amateur Radio Club member Steve White, G3ZVW, stroke AF6SU, will once again be active as ZD8N from Ascension Island, IOTA AF003, WLOTA1491 until the 2nd of December. He has been off the island for almost three years. Activity will be on 80 to 10 metres, CW, SSB and the digital modes. He is also expected to participate in the CQWWDXCW contest this weekend, 26 and 27 of November. QSL virus home call sign G3ZVW. A quick reminder to members and visitors of the Oxley Region Amateur Radio Club Incorporated. The club conducts two nets each week on the 146.7 VK2 RPM 2 meter repeater. The midweek net takes place at 7.30pm on Tuesday nights. The weekend net takes place at 8.30am on Sunday mornings. We have had lighthouses, museums, railway stations, mountaintops, all those venues for special awards. Well now comes word of RSOPA, rest stops on the air. And there must be literally millions around the world. John, N5JLD, and John, KF5FEI, activated the Burleson, Texas rest area as part of rest stops on the air on 24 November. The rest stop was located on Interstate 35W at Exit 31, Grid Square, EM 12 IL, northbound, south of Burleson, at mile post 33. Might we suggest to find out more about rest stops, you contact John N5JLD www.n5jld.net Awards Awards on offer to all The Keith Roger Memorial National Parks Award and the much sought after Amateur Radio Victoria Centenary Award Certificates are now available and on display. The Keith Roger Memorial National Parks Award updated certificate features a backdrop of one of the Victoria National Parks that has been kindly provided by AVID VK3 National Parks Activator Peter Fraser VK3ZPF Award Manager Tony Hambling VK3VTH advised that a total of 17 National Park activations occurred over the four days taking in last weekend November 18-21 to 21. So successful was the National Parks Activation Weekend that it will be repeated in 2012 Meantime, the limited edition Amateur Radio Victoria Centenary Award 
has an historic montage and defining text that tells how the statewide organisation began 100 years ago. The rules and images of these two exciting awards can be found in the awards section of the Amateur Radio Victoria website www.amateurradio.com.au For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Adelaide, it can be heard on VK5 RAD 147 FM at 9am local every Sunday morning. I'm Bob, VK5NZ. Another look at the December edition of Amateur Radio Magazine. The VK9HR Lord Howe Island de-expedition is explained by John Chokarakis, VK3YP. Western Victoria host the Jota Jyoti reports Ash Clark, VK3SSB. Paul McMahon, VK3DIP, has a four element six metre Yagi. Justin Giles Clark, VK7TW, looks at the modern communication technologies and the New Zealander behind the Buildathon comes to New South Wales. In the 17th instalment of Foundation Corner, Ross Pittard, VK3CE, discusses the basic digital communications, or Morse code. The WIA Summer Field Day and Ross Hull Contest, John Martin, VK3KM, has details. Plus news on the expanding world of VHF and UHF. Regular columns are there too from Alara, AMSAT, Contests, DX News and Spotlighting on SWLing. Amateur Radio Magazine, a WIA journal and membership service, is also available at selected news agents. I'm Barry Robinson, VK3 Papa Victor, and you're listening to VK1 WIA. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's ATV. Free SSTV online book. Martin OK2MNM has made his new book, Image Communication on Short Waves, available free on the web. You can either read it online or download the chapters in PDF format. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. According to predictions from Minio Wakita, JE9PEL, the Arasat-1 satellite is due to re-enter the Earth's atmosphere in early April 2012. The rate of orbital decay may be accelerated by increasing atmospheric density caused by the increased solar activity. With that factor in mind, some Arasat-1 decay predictions suggest re-entry as early as February the 1st. RSAT-1 remains quite active, sending voice messages, digital telemetry and slow-scan TV images. Amateurs have also been able to enjoy contacts through RSAT-1's linear transponder, despite the fact that the UHF antenna was apparently damaged prior to or during deployment. AMSAT-NA has a competition to see who can record the last bits of telemetry as RSAT-1 makes its final plunge. To decode the CW or BPSK telemetry, you must use the Arasat LM software for Windows or Mac OS. The CW signal is transmitted on 145.919 MHz and the BPSK signal appears on 145.920 MHz plus or minus Doppler shift. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio 
The Super Murray Marathon is a canoe race held along the Murray River between Yarrawonga and Swan Hill. Each year, Weiss and Victoria provide communications and logistic support using HF and 2-metre equipped portable stations at intervals along the banks of the river. This year, Weissen would like to invite all WIA-accredited emergency communication operators to join the event and gain valuable training in emergency communications and message handling, and also to have some fun. If you don't have portable HF, well, that's okay, as they can still find a place for you to fit into a team. You don't need to be a member of Wyson, but you do need to be a WIA-accredited MCOMS operator. If you are interested in training with fellow amateurs and enjoying the best the Murray region has to offer during the holiday time, then you can get further details by reading the WIA news page at www.wia.org.au and by contacting the Wyson event organisers, including Graham Mason, VK3KMG, on 0417-539-710. Sounds like a good one. All right, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Well, there we be, the end of WIA National News for another week. Now, don't touch that dial, because on most stations right around Australia, your local news follows in about a 10-second break. So that's coming right up. For instance, in VK6, you'll hear News West. In uh, VK4, it's Q News. So just stick around. Till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.